Who here considers themselves a leader? A leader. I knew that to maintain my integrity as a leader. Characteristics of leaders. I had to take responsibility. Who are thriving and what they do differently. Welcome to the Everyday School Leadership Supported Podcast Series. My name is Fran Palukai, and in this series, I speak with school leaders from across Europe about a variety of topics based on research cards developed by Loes van Wessen, Rineke Pruis, and others. These research cards function as practical tools that you can use to tackle everyday challenges within your organization. Welcome, everyone, to this podcast episode in which we are going to talk about the collaboration between parents and teachers, and more importantly, how you as school leaders can empower your teachers to also collaborate and cooperate with the parents, because the parents and the teachers are the two people in a child's life who has the biggest impact on their development, so it's very important for them to collaborate. And I'm joined today by Leendert Jan and Lezan. And you are both school head teachers or school leaders. And I would like to ask you, what does this subject, uh, first of all, what does this bring up in you? Well, if we talk about uh, working together between parents and teachers, I think the most important word is communication. And as a school leader, you can make sure or you can put an effort in making sure that parents and teachers have the same information for example, about school policies, about what's happening in the school, about how uh, students are doing. So in, in newsletters, in parent evenings, um, parent councils, um, how you write your reports. I think as a school leader, you have a big responsibility of making sure that that is all in place and uh, visible for everybody. And what is your first thought when you think about teachers and parents working together? Well, I agree with Linda Jan that the communication is the key. But I think that um, in that communication, the main goal, the focus is the students. I think in the minds of teachers and parents that it's good to know that the perspective might be different. Yeah? How does the student act in the class or in my uh, home of, or, or at home? But the needs and uh, the well-being of the students, that it's central in communication. In the research card that this episode is based on, the researchers also said that it's important for the parents to set high expectations of the children and that the teacher can facilitate this. Do you think it's good for parents to set high expectations uh, of their children? Well, I'm a little bit... Uh, it triggers me, the word high expectation and expect uh, especially high uh, because I think that uh, could be the downfall when we uh, act from those high expectations. Um, I'm fully aware that we are here at the schools to see what's best for the students, but the high expectations can lead to pressure. Um, and that's what we see in our schools. So uh, being the best version of you uh, could include that that uh, that's not the best results, but that's the best human being that you can be. And I think that's the main goal. So it, it just triggers me to have high expectations. So maybe not too high of an expectation, 
but good expectations. Maybe according to Lennis Jan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more <laughs> with you what you just said. That that high expectation. Of course, you always when you talk about what expectations would you and uh, wh- where to put the bar. You want to put the bar as high as reasonable possible, of course. So you want to make sure that you uh, get everything out of a student that is that is a student capable of. But there is a risk, and I, I, I agree uh, with Lisanne that uh, if you put the expectations too high, the pressure on the students are too high, and it doesn't make happy people, and maybe the damage will be worse than just become yourself and stay who you are. Yes. Stay close so to, to yourself, so st- stay close to the students, yeah. Yes. So let's say you want to challenge a student not to go too far, but you want to take that bar to the right level, but the parent is not at all doing that. How would you talk to a teacher? How would you empower a teacher to help them get the parent to actually create that better environment for the child? Yeah, that, that's. I think that's a difficult task for for teachers and also something that's happening a lot and that's a struggle. I think what always helps is to in, to involve the student, in, him or herself, uh, to the maximum. So make sure that you speak with parents, with the student present, and that let students tell what's going on and what's what interests him or her and. Where do, does she want to go? What makes you happy? Uh, what are concerns, etc. So always keep the, the the triangle between school parents and the students as a focus. Yeah. And is that feasible with the resources that teachers currently have? I think that as a school leader, you have to make sure that that's possible. Yeah. And that's how would you do that? Make time. Make sure that that the teachers. Um, uh, are facilitated in in time and 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 place and that there that there's a possibility to uh, to have the right conversations at the right time and also keep away a lot of uh, fuss uh, that that's not interesting for for teachers so like administration is always a thing yeah? keep keep a right balance but also uh, the moment that the parents get angry or get unreasonable make sure that you are behind the teacher or in front of the teacher, just what's necessary to assist and make sure that you have a, a, a staff that helps the, the teachers uh, work with this. Yes, thank you. And, uh, and it's not mm-hmm. it's not only the teacher, if I can adjust something, yeah. it's a team effort. Yeah. So um, uh, the teacher has a role in it, but we also have a mentor. So at our school, we organize colloquia and at this colloquium, uh, there is a conversation between the students, the parents, and the mentor about uh, the well-being, the results, all of that. And we can also do something in the structure as a school. Dus at the meetings, uh, Lena Janner has said, so to uh, inform parents, inspire them with examples about how to help the students with their homework. So are there any tips or, or practical things you can do as a parent I think that's that's also Im- important to see it as a team effort. Yes. So not to put the pressure only at the teacher. Yeah, that's good. That's a good piece of advice. And how would you then reach? Uh, because I can imagine, especially at those gatherings, there's always parents that are going to come, but there's also going to be parents that might not come. How would you reach the parents that are especially hard to reach, and maybe also the ones who need it even the most? Well, during the Pandemic. 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 We uh, saw that some students um, weren't uh, involved, and we did some home 
visit my schools in Rotterdam and we have a variety of uh, students. So that helped a lot, but it was a it was a big effort for us to reach them. So it it is still a struggle, and we only hope that by uh, staying in contact, to do the effort, uh, even after two three times, it, it's a necessity. With some students, you you have to uh, make a big effort, and luckily we have a mentor, but also a team for the teacher to do that. But it's not. It's not always simple. And do you have any strategies, any uh, ways to, to reach yeah. those parents? Yeah, well, a little bit of the same. And my school is in Amsterdam. So you have a lot of cultural diversity. And sometimes it's just a cultural thing to get to the parents. Because well, sometimes it's just simple. The language is, is an issue. Sometimes uh, children only have a mother and the mother doesn't speak Dutch. So what do you do? And if it's English, then it's all right. But if it's, if it's Turkish or whatever, um, Arabic or Bulgarian, then it's really difficult to, to get there. And also, uh, going to the home and just ring at the door is, doesn't work because they just don't open the door. Or they're just not available because of work or whatever. Uh, so sometimes it's really hard to get to parents. And uh, and then, well, one of the strategies also is really to put it through the student him or herself. So just keep talking to the student and, and uh, make him aware of the importance that we speak to parents, and that there's collaboration between parents, or sometimes an aunt and uncle or a, a bigger older brother or sister will help sometimes. And well, most of the times, after a lot of effort, you will get there, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And I also think the difference between primary and secondary education, we're from secondary education, that the students come to us when they are 12 and leave when they're 18. So it's it's a period in their lives that they need to learn how to be how to take responsibility when your environment um, doesn't help you as much as you would like to, or as we as school organization would like to. So how do we give the students the, the trust and the confidence that they can take res responsibility. Yes, yeah, that's an important distinction. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you for making that. So let's say that I were to now give you a magical wand and you could create the ideal learning environment at home. What would that environment look like for you? Space, thinking about space, having all the equipment you need so that, 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 that technology is not an issue. But personal space, knowing your resources, just who do you call when it's difficult. So not an environment where I don't see the student alone in a room, but knowing where the resources are, digital but also physical. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. what kind of picture do you <laughs> have? It's the same. Well, I think learning is always about relations. So knowing how to, which one to call or, or to, to ask or work together with is, the, is a very important thing. For students, and, and I think it's in, in Rotterdam a bit of the same as in Amsterdam with big cities, where families live in small houses sometimes. Just a, a quiet place where uh, students really can focus is, is very important uh, and not always available. And support from parents and parents or relatives who are proud of the student. I think that's very important for students to have someone who is proud of at them and yeah, love them. So last question before we're gonna round up. I want to give both of you the chance to either ask the other person a question or to give a piece of advice 
to the audience that's listening right now. Um, maybe you want to start? Well, Lezanne, well, this is your this is your first role as principal, isn't it? That you now and you work at a, a gymnasium, which is the high end of uh, education, secondary education, but also in a, a big city, which is well, not necessarily the most comfortable uh, place to live for all students. So, how do you um, how do you manage? <laughs> In life, at school, <laughs> it's, school it's a big question. So <laughs> what is now? What 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 triggers you the most when you when you when you after you uh, after you were in in this role for half a year and you thought oh, I never thought it would be like this. When you ask that, I think immediately to the question that I wonder myself often is: Do we do enough as a school? Before, I didn't think that the responsibility I would feel for the students in the environment that I have and the variety that I see every day. And we do all kinds of things, digital meetings. And um, I think we work very hard on the building. Uh, so uh, um, what students become. But the question that I have on my mind, I think every day is, do we do enough? And actually, I don't think that we do enough. So if I could have a magic razor, um, and draw it, uh, maybe that I'm still looking for that. And I think that I have to, or we as a team, have to see more that what we already do. So uh, what are the successes that we have already and can we empower that instead of um, aiming for something that's not there because there's no magic answer. There are still students that fall out and it, it's a pity, but it is also what, what it is. So can we empower what we do? Because we do have the students that succeed in at, at our school. But it's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a big responsibility. Yeah. 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 It that. is. But it's also very very fulfilling when you see uh, the students uh, organize uh, their own um, iftar. We had it a couple of weeks ago. I never had an iftar, but I had my first iftar. What's an iftar? From the Ramadan. Ah, uh, yeah. So, but it was for all cultures, and it was just one student who had an ID and that ID became an event, an event for 80 students. And that makes me very proud yeah. when we have those little moments. Thanks for the question. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a return question? I had some time to think, yes, yes. Well, Lene Jan, I know that you uh, made a step to a different type of education in uh, the Netherlands. And what strikes you the most in this first period that you, that, that, that you had in this new environment? To explain it, I'm, I'm now working in special education, to be precise, with students with learning difficulties and with a very low uh, IQ. So IQ between 30 and 70 is mainly the focus of our students, primary and secondary. And what strikes me the most is that, well, I when I first uh, entered my schools, I really thought, well, I wanted, I wanted that I've seen this earlier, because in, in general, when you work in education, in regular education to say, you never meet special needs students in this environment. And it's so beautiful because those kids, you are so important for those kids. And, and uh, the, to be in a school, just to learn to tie their shoes and to say good morning and to eat with a knife and a fork and to write their name, that's sort of the maximum that some uh, students get. But the importance of being in a group and 
be taken care of and, and make small steps and learn uh, small steps and learn it again and again and again. And the patience that those teachers have with their students and the and the love they have for their students, that's really a completely different world from a gymnasium or uh, an, a MAVA-HVO schoolgemeenschap where students are so privileged that they have the ability of just learn and become something and make something out of their life. And these students, most of them end up in yeah, some type of daycare uh, or maybe um, what we call beschut werk. So that's lab labor under, uh, just labor to, to, uh, to, do so to have to something to do or to work in the Albert Heijn in the, in the, in the, in the storage, wherever. And how involved are the parents with the special needs children? Yeah, well, the thing is that not always, but more than half of the uh, parents from those students also have very high challenges to struggle with life and to get things organized. It's not always the case, but it, it's a lot. So uh, you always uh, need to take care of those parents also and uh, be very strict and and open in your communication and... And even if parents are uh, high educated, which we also have, then you ha then they have a sort of uh, uh, time they need to accept what their uh, children uh, have become or what their what their ch chances will be in life. So then you have um, you need to, to 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 guide those parents in accepting this is what your child is. Uh, it's a very good person. It's uh, a, a lovable person, and we can bring this. Uh, student to uh, to this level, and that will be it. So it's a l there's a lot of communication. And of course, uh, uh, those students uh, are always brought to school, so the parents are in school a lot. Uh, you see them um, most of the time uh, every day. Sometimes they come with buses, but then still. So there's a lot of contact between uh, parents on a, on a very daily basis. Yeah. Well, that brings it full circle. Communication, yes. that's what we started with, yeah. that's what we end with. Um, where can people find you if they want to contact you? Maybe your school, maybe your personal handles. Uh, well, they can find me on LinkedIn. That's the, the easiest way. And uh, my school is in Amsterdam. And I have uh, 14 schools now in different types. And that's colom.net in Amsterdam. Where can people find you? Well, contact me uh, through LinkedIn. That's not a problem. And my school is in Rotterdam, uh, Marnix Gymnasium. So uh, and free, feel free to uh, to visit and to see, observe and talk. Thank you both for taking the time. Lezan, Leonard Jan, we'll talk to each other later. You can visit esha.org slash headstart for more information on the research cards and the guests of this episode. This podcast was an Esha production. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.